Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Today, I want to share a message with, with us on hope. It's called Christmas is Hope. Amen. You may never have had hope preached this way, so bear with me. Amen. Bear with me. We will go places, amen, but we'll bring it home. Hallelujah. Hope is one of those ways that is used so frequently in our society, amen. Almost everywhere that you go, you are bound to hear someone speak about hope. Even ourselves, we speak about hope. You hear people say, I hope to see you next week. I hope you make it on time. I hope you get the job. But there's a difference in the meaning between hope, the way it's used in society, and hope, the way it's used in the Bible. Hope, the way that we as Christians ought to take it. Amen. We use hope usually to convey a desire for something to happen, but we are not sure about that something. When you hear someone say, I hope you are on time, what they mean is, I don't know whether you'll be on time or whether you'll be late, but my desire is that you are on time. So when it is used, it's often used to convey uncertainty. And yet, in the Christian faith, it actually represents the complete opposite. When hope is used in the Bible, it actually conveys certainty. Amen. Hope is found in the power of God. Whereas in the world, when I say, I hope I see you next week, it's not founded on anything. It's just a statement. If I say to you, I hope you are not late, really is founded on you making it through the traffic. I'm just hoping traffic is light for you. Amen. And yet when we come to the faith, hope is found in the power of God and it is sure. It is not uncertain. It is sure. I define it like this. Hope is waiting in confident expectation for God's promises in Christ Jesus. And its strength is founded on the faithfulness of God. Amen. That is the strength of hope for us as believers. It is founded on his faithfulness. If you are not confident that God is going to act on your behalf, then you don't have faith. You may hope that things turn out okay, but unless you are confident in God to make those things turn out okay, then that is just wishful thinking. Amen. I have this scripture that I want to start off from Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17 to 20. Says, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. And verse 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We have this hope 
as an anchor for the soul, and it is firm, and it is secure. That is the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. But what is an anchor? This is a term that's taken really, uh, it's used in the marine world. Amen. An anchor is almost like a, a metal, if you can put that image of the anchor, there it is, right? It is basically used when you want a ship to stay in one place, you lower that until it reaches the seabed, amen, all the way. It just lies in there, and then when wind comes, it starts blowing the vessel or the ship away. And those spikes at the bottom, they dig onto the seabed and hold the ship in place. That is an anchor. So when here hope is compared, the Bible says it is an anchor for our souls. Unless we have hope, we have nothing to keep us secure in God. Unless you have hope, then you are hopeless. Amen. You need the anchor of hope in Christ Jesus to remain in him in spite of the winds that blow around your life. Now, if the anchor is not lowered all the way to the seabed, the winds come and they simply blow the ship away wherever the wind takes it. So each one of us needs an anchor in our lives. And that anchor must work in the way that it is designed. Amen. I have a short video clip just to show you how it actually works in practice. It's just two minutes. So if you can play that, please. Thank you. Amen. I hope that was clear. Hope in Christ is like that. 
unless you bury your hope in Christ, it profits you nothing. Nowadays, we put hope in a lot of things. And our world crumbles around us and we're left wondering, why did things turn out this way? But 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, it teaches us as something very profound. You now I talk about this anchor. Nowadays, they come in all sorts of designs and shapes. You have companies pouring millions to design the most effective one. And yet, as strong as an anchor is, it is only as strong as that to which it is attached to. It is only as strong as that to which it is buried in. Where is your hope this morning? Amen. If that ship, if the anchor does not dig deeper and deeper, the ship will simply be swept away at sea. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 teaches us, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. No other foundation. Nowadays, we have many foundations, we have many things that we keep our hold on. We may not accept it sometimes. We put our hope in our jobs. We put our hopes in our salaries. We, hope, we put our hopes in our spouses, in our friends, that they will bail me out. That's the hope that we have. But there is no other foundation that is laid other than Jesus Christ. Amen. David says in Psalms, verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Amen. But the Bible warns us as well that the horse may be prepared. It may be prepared for the day of battle. But it says deliverance is of the Lord. We may prepare as best as we can. But our eyes should be on him because he is our firm foundation. Amen. Our hope can be nothing else apart from Jesus if we are to be firm in our Christianity. If it is not on Jesus, then we are simply on slippery ground. Amen. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 teaches us something so profound says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. It did not fall for one reason. The scripture says, because it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and it says, and great was its fall. A foundation is important. I think Pastor Elena spoke a few weeks ago about the plumb line and the wall that we need to build and the fact that that wall must be founded on a strong foundation. We can pour millions into a beautiful house, you know, decorate it the best we can, get the best accessories for that house, but unless it is founded on a firm foundation, it is only a breeze of wind 
or storm away from destruction. So the Bible then teaches us our firm foundation is Jesus Christ. And we'll go into why do we regard Jesus Christ as our firm foundation? Why do I regard him as my firm foundation? He is our firm foundation because he fights for us. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is on your side, then how sure is that foundation? It says, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for, delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He has already given the best he could possibly give, the most precious he could possibly give. Then how much more our daily needs? How much more? If I give you the best that I can, I have no problem with giving you anything else. So he is fighting for us. He is on our side. And that's why we regard him as our hope, as our firm foundation. He is our firm foundation because his will for us is only for good. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. More abundantly. That's the life that he wants for us. Amen. He is our firm foundation because he is able. He says in Jeremiah chapter 32, Behold, I am the Lord of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? It's a question that's still asked of us today. Is there anything that's too hard for me? We can read that and fly through, but we ought to pause and answer that question. Because unless the answer is yes, then our hope is founded on sand. Unless our answer is yes, then our hope is just wishful thinking. We may be believers, but we ought to examine that. Where is our hope? Where is our hope? He is our firm foundation because he is faithful to fulfill his promises. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Numbers 23 goes on to say, God is not a man that he should lie no son of man that he should repent. Again, it follows with questions. Has he said and will he not do? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? It's for you and I to answer as well, not to fly over and say, well, this is scripture, it's been written to encourage us, but we ought to pause and answer those questions. Hallelujah. Has he said, and will he not do? Has he spoken, and will he not make it good? In Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, two blind men come to Jesus and say, Lord, heal us. He didn't heal them. But he goes on to ask them one simple question. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? 
well, Lord Jesus, they had come crying out for help for you. Clearly, they believe that you can do something for them. But no, Jesus goes on to say, do you believe I can do this for you? When I pray, do I believe that God can do that which I'm praying for? When I hope in him, do I really believe you will come through for me? We may think this is a word for the world out there, but it's for us believers. And they say, yes, Lord. That's what they say. Yes, Lord, we believe you can do this for me. Well, they had nothing to lose. Their circumstances were dire. And Jesus goes on to say, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. According to your faith, according to your hope in me, let it be unto you. Hope in a God who is unchanging. Hope in a God who is faithful. Hope in a God who is more than able. But we have a part to play as well as believers. It's not just that God is able. God is faithful. We have a part. Amen. We are given the account of Abraham. I will read it from Romans chapter 4. He did not have a son. He was now old. Sarah was old as well. And then God gives him a promise that you will have a son. At first, Abraham wasn't so sure of this. When God first told him, he actually laughed. And after that, God says to him, well, I will do this. And to give you that confidence, God makes a covenant with Abraham. Now we pick this up from Romans chapter 4. It says, Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since, since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Then verse 20 says, Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to do. Amen. Says fully convinced. He did not waver. He stood on the promise of God in spite of the clear evidence that was in front of his eyes. He was old. Sarah was barren. That was the evidence in front of his eyes. And yet the promise of God was the complete opposite. So he had to make a choice here. Does he believe what he sees or does he believe what he does not see? And the scripture says he was fully convinced that what God had promised he was able to do. So you and I have a part to play. The promises of God are plenty and they are amazing and they are full of them in the word of God. But unless we can stand on them in those times of hopelessness, unless we can stand unwavering, we will not see the fulfillment of those promises in our own lives. Scripture actually teaches us that he who wavers must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Nothing. Faith is about standing firm in the promises and the person of God. 
Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Again, it keeps going on and on and on and on. Apart from the fact that he who promised is faithful, it says we must hold fast without wavering at the promise of God. So we have a part to play when we confess the promises of God and we hope in God. Amen. Now, if we can go back again to our analogy of the ship and the anchor, the one thing that's important to note is the captain will keep lowering the anchor, lowering it down and down and down until it reaches the seabed. Now, no matter how good the anchor is, if it does not reach the seabed, it will not do what it's designed for. The ship will simply drift away when the winds come. So it must be lowered all the way to the seabed. It's the same with us in our lives. We must grow our roots deeper and deeper and deeper in the Lord. Amen. We don't want to be like the seed that Jesus speaks about in Matthew, the seed that fell on rocky ground. There's something so fascinating about that seed. Amen. The scripture says, actually, let me read the scripture first. Matthew chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Amen. So this city says it sprang up immediately. I'm sure if you're watching just on the surface, watching just on the natural, you'd wonder and say, wow, what amount of progress this is making. Sprang up immediately. The other seeds, the one that fell on good ground, was still buried in the ground. This reminds me of the message that Josh preached months ago in one of the Sunday evening services about the seed. Amen. The seed. He gave us a practical example and gave us, you know, pause, little pods with seeds to take home. When you have a seed, you water it and you wait for it patiently. You keep watering it patiently until it comes up. You don't go, after a few days, nothing comes up, you throw it away. No, it is not working. But this is the opposite of this seed. It quickly sprang up. But because it had no root, it was only a ray of sunshine away from wilting. The moment the sun came up, it wilted away. So how often do you see the world around you seemingly prospering? They are non-believers. Things seem to work for them. You are trusting God. Your hope is in God. You are praying. But things seem like they are not going anywhere. Friends around you, they are prospering. They are going places. Sometimes they even ask you, well, you hoped in God. What is happening with you? Let's take time to allow our roots to grow in God. Psalms 22 verse 8. 
it reminds us that this is not just unique to us. Even Jesus Christ, when they saw him hanging on that cross, they mocked him. You trusted in God. Let him rescue you now. Let him deliver you since you delighted in him. Because they thought that's the end of him. His hope is perishing. And today, sometimes it's like that. We hope in God. We pray. We trust in God. As time goes on, we don't see the realization of what we're hoping for. And we just give up. No, it doesn't work. Let's stay at it. Allow those roots to grow. Allow that anchor to go deeper and deeper until it reaches the seabed. Amen. Be patient with God. Wait on God. You notice how small the anchor is relative to the size of the ship. It's very small. And yet, if anchored on a firm foundation, it has the capacity to restrain even the biggest of vessels. They use it on cargo ships. Some of them have more than one, but they use it on cargo ships. ships. On cruise liners, they use them. Because if you are at sea, that is the only thing that will keep you in one place. It's the same with faith. God says your faith might be small as a mustard seed, but as long as you exercise it, it will accomplish the impossible. The key is in us exercising our faith, in us exercising our hope in a God who is more than able. Amen. Now the storms will come, yes. The winds will come. The fact that you are anchored does not exempt you from the trials of life. They will come. Yes, they will toss us this way and that way. But if we are anchored on the Lord, those trials will not cut us adrift from the Lord. You saw that ship, the moment the wind turns, it simply moves around following the wind, but it does not get cut off and drift away altogether. Paul captures this so perfectly in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despair. in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Yes, the storms will come, but as long as we are anchored, we will be tossed, but we will remain firm on the Lord. Hope in Christ will sustain us, but the moment one loses hope, the moment one cuts off their anchor from the Lord, they are gone just like that. There are no more. How many people have you heard who gave up on the Lord? And they are nowhere today. Hope will keep us in the faith. And it's important to realize that our hope is founded on him, as I said at the beginning, because he is faithful. We hope in him standing on his promises. Amen. And we know there are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. He fulfills his promises. Actually, those very winds that come, in our lives, God turns them around for our own benefit. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 reads, 
And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, verse 5 is a profound statement. It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope does not disappoint. Hope in Christ does not disappoint. It may seem like we are not going anywhere, but hope in him is sure. Colossians chapter 1 reads this. We are coming to a time of Christmas where we celebrate the birth of the Lord. Now, without the birth and the death of the Lord, we will have no hope. Scripture says all of us, like sheep, were lost and without hope. But because he came, because he died today, Scripture says we who are far off have been brought near to him because he died. As we celebrate Christmas, we must keep that at the forefront of our minds. It's easy to be caught up in the excess of Christmas. It's easy to be caught up in the presence. It's easy to be caught up in the joyful nature of a season. That we have more time off work than we normally have. We have one or two weeks where we visit each other. We rejoice. We have a good time. It's easy to get caught up and forget the real meaning of Christmas. The real meaning is that he came for our redemption. Without him, we wouldn't be here. Without him, we wouldn't have a hope of eternal life. Without him, we are lost. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. In the Old Testament, if I can say this for a moment, in the Old Testament, God used to visit his people. Amen. Visit them. Whenever you wanted to do something, you will visit them. We come in the New Testament. The Lord Jesus is born. He begins to walk among the people. He dies and he rises. He no longer visits us. He no longer walks among us, but he lives in each and every one of us. He is now God in us, as Colossians says. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And that is something so precious that we must guard jealously in our lives. The psalmist in, chapter, in Psalms chapter 44, verse 5, finds himself in a difficult place. He is so discouraged. He is hoping in God. His situation is not changing. Scripture says he cries himself to sleep day in and day out. And those around are mocking him. They are saying, where is your God? And in verse 5, the psalmist addresses himself and he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Why are you cast down, O my soul? What is causing you to be cast down this morning? What is causing you to be discouraged this morning? 
Sometimes we almost need to speak to ourselves like the psalmist here. Rise up, my soul. Why are you cast down? Why are you discouraged? Why are you in despair? Rise up. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is on your side. There is no need to be in despair. No need to be discouraged. Hope in God, O oh my soul. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, says to us, Can any one of you, by worrying, add even an hour to your life? Worrying will not change anything. Yes, we have challenges in our lives, but worrying will not change anything. If anything, it makes things worse. Scripture says, will you add even an hour to your life? And then God, in his abundant love, he throws out an open invitation to all of us. And he says, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Cast all your cares, not some of them, all your cares upon him because he cares for you. I want us to think on that for a moment. There are things that are troubling me. Things that are weighing heavily on my shoulders. Sometimes I come home to Rose and say, I don't know how I pulled through the day. It's been a tough day. And yet somehow, I know that the following day may be no better. There are some pretty tough challenges I'm going through at work. It's been going on now for the best part of three years. And I come to the end of the year, I just want to say, I have no idea how I got this far. I have no idea how I survived this far. And yet that 30-minute drive in the morning has almost become a prayer closet for me, a time where I am by myself and I'm just praying and saying, Lord, I know in 30 minutes I'm walking into that building, but I commit everything into your hands. And if I tell you there are days I wake up and think, wow, if only I can be walking to a different workplace, it is not an understatement. I almost joke, I, I sometimes joke with Rose and say, well, I think I've aged 10 years in a space of three years. And yet, I cling on to God. There are days where it feels it's easier for me to just give up. And on Friday, this lady that I work with, he says this to me in the morning, just to show you how this is tough. She comes to me and says this in the morning. You made it. I say, wow, what do you mean? He says, wow, after yesterday, I didn't think you'll come back. <laughs> now it's good because we can laugh about these things. But it just shows you the challenges I'm going through. That someone actually thought I'll go home and not come back. Some days tears have rolled down my eyes. I'm hoping in God. This has been going on for three years. It would have been easy for me to think, Lord, you know, a few months now, you haven't come through. Let me give up. But I'm just holding on. I'm just clinging on. You know, sometimes you can't do these things by yourself. You need help. You need brethren to encourage you. And I thank God. I go to the prayer com and I get encouraged. I go to my home com on Thursdays and I get encouraged. I've shared with my brothers and sisters and they've prayed with me. And that strengthens me. 
that helps my roots grow deeper and deeper in the firm foundation of God, that I will remain standing and hoping that God is on my side in spite of what I experienced at work on Thursday. God is on my side. Now it's easy for you to look at me and think, wow, surely, I'm in prayer. I mean, nothing moves you, but trust me, there is a lot that moves me. Amen. If it were not for hope in Christ, I would have given up long ago. He is my hope. He is your hope. Now we are believers. We have a chance. As we come to Christmas time, there are a lot of people out there who don't know the Lord, who have no hope whatsoever. It's up to us as believers to point them in the direction of the Lord. To tell them that you may not have hope, but in Jesus Christ there's hope. Isn't, isn't it amazing how the world celebrates Christmas? How the world celebrates the birth of Christ? Go to every school in December. Nativity shows are taking place in community halls. People acknowledge the birth of Christ, but do they acknowledge his lordship and kingship in their lives? We have a message of hope for the world out there. As we open the doors of Com Church for the community to come in for the various events that we are holding here, let's lovingly share with them a message of hope that there is something better, that there is a life in Christ, that there is hope in Christ. No reason to remain buried in your challenges. I'm sure many of you know people who have lost hope. Some people have literally lost their lives because they have lost hope. Where is our hope this morning? Let's keep our hope in God. I encourage you as a believer, don't suffer alone. Don't suffer alone. That's why we are a family of believers, family of God. We are there to take care of each other. That's why the Bible says, be your brother's keeper. Go to someone, help me here, stand with me, encourage me. What kind of a family would we be if we let our brothers and our sisters suffer in silence? Let's rise up. Let's keep our eyes open to help those who need help. Some people may not have the guts to say to us, I need help. But let's keep our eyes open. And finally, I want to finish with this. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Paul says this, he prays this, he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is my prayer for each one of us this morning. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by our own strength. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important when Jesus was about to go to the cross, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. He says, I pray to the Father that he will send the Holy Spirit to be with you and to be in you. 
He was determined that he will not leave us without a helper. Surely he knows better. If he knew we needed a helper, he knew the challenges that we face, we will not withstand them by our own strength. Andrew last week preached on walking with Jesus and he finished with the message of the Holy Spirit. He is there to help us. Cry out to him. Call out to him. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.